me today we are in lesson one day two and we're going to be reading just reading six chapters of genesis i'm excited to be started with you grab your bible grab your lesson and let's get into the word welcome back i'm jennifer richmond and this is the dwelling richly bible study where we love god heart soul mind and strength we are women who enthusiastically and intentionally dwell in the Word and let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. You can find Bible studies and video teaching like this on my blog and the Dwelling Richly podcast. Subscribe to this channel, hit that little church bell so you can get notified whenever I drop a new video. Let's get into the Word. All right, we are diving into Genesis. And over the next several days, we're just going to be reading Genesis. You can take notes. I've given you an outline so that you can uh, fill that in. I'll talk to you about that a little bit more. But there's a little outline if you want to fill that in that'll help you to kind of guide your thoughts. But I really honestly just want you to focus on reading the word. Uh, maybe you're like most people, like me, where you've gone to church a lot of your life and you've never actually read and studied through a book of the Bible. Maybe you're returning to this Bible study and you have studied before. Wherever you are coming from in this Bible study, I want you to know that you're in a great place. We're going to be going through all of Genesis throughout this study. And uh, the beginning time is really just to give us that overview. A lot of times we want to just dive in and start answering the questions and digging in. And I love that. I love that enthusiasm. But if we miss the overview, you're going to miss the big picture. And so much of what we do in the Dwelling Richly Bible Study is exactly that, getting that big picture. So get your lesson out. If you haven't already downloaded that, it's over at jennifergrichmond.com. Go to the Dwelling Richly Bible Study and just look for Genesis Lost and Found. Uh, you can always just email me or check the notes down below here in this link. All right. Uh, so it's lesson one and we're on day two. And as always, we begin with prayer and then we get into the word with our memory verse. So why don't you go ahead and join me in prayer right now. I'll be praying and thinking about you. You take the time also and pray for me. Uh, pray for all of us doing this study together. And let's just give it all to God right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you once again for your great love for us. We could never, ever, ever stop being grateful for the depth and the amazing power of your love in our life. And right now we ask that you would just bless our time together in your word, studying these six chapters of Genesis and getting that beginning thought of what's in the word for us going today. So bless our time together now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, let me go ahead and get us here to lesson one, day two. And I want us to see our memory verse. I've called it up here on the screen. Um, in variety of translation uh, versions and this is a great tool by the way um, it's from Bible Gateway and you just type in the verse that you want and uh, then just select that you can see it and you can see right here on the screen um, the King James 21 the ASV a the Amplified which is one of my favorite translations uh, I memorized this verse out of the New International Version years ago and uh, so normally we do things out of the NET but I wanted to do this one out of NIV uh, because of having memorized it so many years ago from that and then also writing a 
a melody to go with that verse to help my students at the time to sing it and love it. I will include that video in this playlist, so make sure you listen to that and have some fun singing along with my kids in chapel a few years ago. Uh, but here's our Bible verse. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Now, uh, you might have already gotten the... Uh, the wallpaper on your phone. I hope you did. That wallpaper is available to you and it looks like this. It's got most of the verse, not that last part, but it's got most of the verse right there. <laughs> and so there we go. Turn that back on so you can see it. There we go. Uh, so go ahead and get that wallpaper. It is over on my blog. You can download that for free and I'll update those each week. This week our kind of our focus is that first phrase uh, up to the point of where it says the ends of the earth. But I want to be able to say the whole thing. And uh, so there it is on the screen for you. All right. Um, write that in your uh, top box there. It's just a reminder to do that every time that you open up your lesson. And of course, we've already prayed. We want to pray. make sure we're praying um, for one another throughout this study. So there's an opportunity for you to do that and jot down your prayer and your focus words there as well. Uh, number two in our opening is always about memorizing and meditating on the word. So to this time, I'd like you to write Isaiah 40 verse 28 in red, just for fun, just to kind of break it up, grab a pen or a marker and do that. Just helps engage your brain in a different way. And then also, what translation are you memorizing from? I've written it out there for you in the NIV, but maybe you are doing ESV or you know, any tier or whatever, but go ahead and drop that down. I'll be curious to hear from you what you prefer to memorize it from. All right, number three in your lesson, read and engage. Use a highlighter to note people, places, key verses as you read through these chapters. Each day will take about 20 minutes and make notes to read and make notes. And I have my Pentel 8. This is a highlighter pencil I highly recommend. Uh, you can get that on Amazon or anywhere you want to shop. Uh, Pentel 8 highlighter pencil, really recommend it. It has all the colors that we use in the Bible study together. The point for this week is to simply read Genesis. Don't allow yourself to become overwhelmed with the content. It can absolutely head in that direction if you're not careful, but just hold back. Don't get overwhelmed. We, um, we're going to study Genesis for months, okay? So this is just your chance to read through Genesis and um, engage. That's all. Just simple engagement with the scripture. Allow yourself to get that big picture idea. What do you read about the nature of God? Any key words? Any themes you're reading? What surprises you? Confuses you? What connections are you making with other concepts in the Bible? And ask, how does this passage point to the theme of lost and found. The big idea, the most important thing you'll ever know from the Bible is understanding the character and nature of God. So look for ways that God is revealed in every passage as you read. So I'm going to simply read aloud to us. I might make a couple observations or comments as we go, but I want to just model the simple act of reading the word. And as thoughts come into my mind, I might share them with you as I read this aloud. And you might want to have your uh, Pentel highlighter ready to go um, because you're going to want to mark down things that come to your mind and grab a pencil also to mark in your Bible. Uh, if you know anything about the way I want us to engage with the word and what I've taught us in the past is I want us to enjoy getting into the word and writing in our Bibles. This is one of the reasons why I have the ESV wide margin re center reference cross references. 
plenty of space for me to write and take notes. And at the end of the study, it's always exciting to see where I was and where I am now in terms of what the pages look like in the notes that I have. All right, let's go ahead and I'll hop over to the screen and we'll begin reading chapter one, the creation of the world. This is from the NET also. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was without shape and empty and darkness was over the surface of the watery deep. But the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, so God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. There was evening and there was morning, marking the first day. So I'm gonna pause here right now, and just to kind of refresh in our mind, as we're going through, if you come across things that refer to God, our kind of our code color for God is blue. Uh, I have a light blue and a dark blue in my Pentel here. And so highlight anything that refers to God. If you uh, find something that refers to a geographical location, we mark those in green. If you've uh, come across something that refers to a person, we mark those in brown. Key verses, we mark simply in orange or uh, yellow. Uh, and then pink, I, I use that one oftentimes for prophecy. Uh, red, I often use for Jesus marking Jesus and I, I alternate a little bit it's 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 not set but those are just some guidelines as you're as you're going through and then don't forget to look through the chart and help that organize your thoughts as well so we're looking for the who and the where is mentioned in that first chapter and we haven't even finished the first chapter yet um, God and any action any attribute that you're noticing and then any questions or thoughts that just kind of pop into your brain as you go um, and then including the concept of lost and found because that's the focus of this Bible study in terms of a theme going through all of Genesis all right let's go ahead and continue God said let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate water from water so God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it it was so God called the expanse sky there was evening, there was morning, a second day. God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. It was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. God saw that it was good. God said, let the land produce vegetation, plants yielding seeds and trees on the land bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. It was so. The land produced vegetation, plants yielding seeds according to their kinds, and tree, trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. God saw that it was good. There was evening, there was morning, the third day. God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them be signs to indicate seasons and days and years, and let them serve as lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. It was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule over the night. He made the stars also. God placed the lights in the expanse of the day uh, of the sky to shine on the earth, to preside over the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. Noticing repeated phrases, those are the types of things you want to be jotting down as we go. God said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. God created the great sea creatures and every living and moving thing with which the water swarmed. 
according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the water in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, cattle, creeping things, and wild animals, each according to its kind. It was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the cattle according to their kinds, and all the creatures that creep along the ground according to their kinds. God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, after our likeness, so they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move on the earth. God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And you might pause and make a note of the fact that this is an indented format, which means there's a, there's a shift in the original Hebrew in terms of how it was written out. Verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, every creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I now give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the entire earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They shall be yours for food. And to all the animals of the earth and to every bird of the air and to all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has living breath in it, I give every green plant for food. It was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was good. There was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. All right, we'll pause there. Uh, we're going to be reading uh, Genesis chapter 2 next. And let me get my little arrows up so I can see those and move. One of the things I want you to be aware of, and perhaps you already were, but there were no original chapter and verses noted when the Hebrew Bible was written, or, or the New Testament was written. There was no verse markings, no chapter headings. And so you could just read right straight through without worrying about stopping like that. Adding a chapter or a verse number helps us to communicate, hey, we're on chapter two and we're on verse 11 or what have you, right? But those came a lot later. And uh, just for a matter of consistency and helping us all find something when we're trying to read and understand together, right? Uh, so read it as it was meant to be read, which is what we're attempting to do over these next couple of weeks, is just read Genesis. So let's do that. Chapter 2. The heavens and the earth were completed with everything that was in them. By the seventh day, God finished the work that he had been doing, and he ceased on the seventh day all the work that he had been doing. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he ceased all the work that he had been doing in creation. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and heavens. Now no shrub of the field had yet grown on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. Springs would well up from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. The Lord God formed the man from the soil of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. The Lord God planted an orchard in the east, in Eden, and there he placed the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow from the soil, every tree that was pleasing to look at and good for food. Now the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil were in the middle of the orchard. 
Now a river flows from Eden to water the orchard, and from there it divides into four head streams. The name of the first is Pishan. It runs through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is pure. Pearls and lapis lazuli are also there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It runs through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. It runs along the east side of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and placed him in the orchard in Eden to care for it and to maintain it. When the Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat from every tree of the orchard, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a companion for him who corresponds to him. The Lord God formed out of the ground every living animal of the field and the bird of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. Whatever the man called each living creature, that was his name. So the man named all the animals, the birds of the air, the living creatures of the field. But for Adam, no companion who corresponded to him was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was asleep, he took part of the man's side and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the part he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Then the man said, and we see a format change again here, the one at last, this one at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman for she was taken out of the man, or out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and unites with his wife, and they become one family. The man and his wife were both naked, but they were not ashamed. All right, so as we're going through here, uh, the second chapter, again, make note of people and places, jot those down, highlight those if you prefer, but do make a couple of notes because you're going to use this chart to reference back later on in the study when we really get in depth in this chapter, and it'll be interesting for you to see what you originally thought of, what originally triggered questions in your mind, and then compare that to the questions and the answers, maybe even, that you have when we get to actually studying this in depth. Chapter three. Now the serpent was shrewder than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Is it really true that God said, You must not eat from any tree of the orchard? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit from the trees of the orchard, but concerning the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the orchard, God said, You must not eat of it, uh, from it, and you must not touch it or else you will die. The serpent said to the woman, Surely you will not die, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree produced good fruit, that was good for food, was attractive to the eye, and was desirable for making one wise, she took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some of it to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. When the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord moving about in the orchard at the breezy time of the day, they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the orchard. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? The man replied, I heard you moving about in the orchard, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And the Lord God said, Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman whom you gave me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. 
So the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman replied, The serpent tricked me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all the cattle and all the living creatures of the field. And on your belly you will crawl, and dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I will put hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly increase your labor pains. With pains you shall, you will give birth to children. You will want to control your husband, but he will dominate you. But to Adam he said, Because you obeyed your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. The ground is cursed because of you. In painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, but you will eat the grain of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat food until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you will return." The man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments from skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, Now that the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not be allowed to stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God expelled him from the orchard in Eden to cultivate the ground from which he had been taken. When he drove the man out, he placed on the eastern side of the orchard in Eden angelic sentries who used the flame of a whirling sword to guard the way to the tree of life. <laughs> okay, if you're like me, you, know, you read through this and you're thinking, I, I just want to stop and dig further in. But I'm going to encourage you to continue on. Let's go to chapter 4. Make your notes, write down a couple of questions and thoughts, and let's go ahead over to chapter 4 the story of Cain and Abel. Now the man was intimate with his wife Eve and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. Then she said, I have created a man just as the Lord did. Then she gave birth to his brother Abel. Abel took care of the flocks while Cain cultivated the ground. At the designated time, Cain brought some of the fruit of the ground for an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought some fruit firstborn. <clears throat> Abel brought some of the firstborn of his flock, even the fattest of them. And the Lord was pleased with Abel and his offering. But with Cain and his offering, he was not pleased. So Cain became very angry, and his expression was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and your expression downcast? Is it not true that if you do what is right, you will be fine? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to dominate you, but you must do it. Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out in the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where's your brother Abel? And he replied, I don't know. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's is blood is crying out to me from the ground. So now you are banished from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you try to cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its best for you. You will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. Then Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is too great to endure. Look, you are driving me off of the land today, and I must hide from your presence. I will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. Whoever finds me will kill me. 
But the Lord said to him, All right then, if anyone kills Cain, Cain will be avenged seven times as much. Then the Lord put a special mark on Cain so that no one who found him would strike him down. So Cain went out from the presence of the Lord, and he lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. You know, once again, I would think you would have a lot of questions popping into your mind. Why did God reject Cain's sacrifice? Why did Cain turn and kill his brother over this situation? What was this mark that God put on his forehead? What does he mean? He's going to be a homeless wanderer, right? And then he also references other people. Whoever finds me, were those people already created? We haven't heard about them. When did that happen? These are the types of questions you might want to be considering as you're reading through. Let's continue. Verse 17. Cain was intimate with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was building a city. He named the city after his son, Enoch. To Enoch was born Irad, and Irad was the father of Mahujel. Mahujel, Mahujel was the father of Methuselah. Methuselah was the father of Lamech. Lamech took two wives for her, himself. The name of the first was Adah. The name of the second was Zilhah. Adah gave birth to Jabel. He was the first of those who live in tents and keep livestock. The name of his brother was Jubal. He was the first of the, all those who played the harp and the flute. Now Zilhah also gave birth to Tubal Cain, who heated metal and shaped all kinds of tools made of bronze and iron. The sister of Tubal Cain was Nama. Lamech said to his wives, Adah and Zilhah, listen to me. You wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for hurting me. If Cain is to be avenged seven times as much, then Lamech seventy times seven. Ah, seventy-seven times. And Adam was intimate with his wife again, and she gave birth to a son. She named him Seth, saying, God has given me another child in place of Abel because Cain killed him. And a son was also born to Seth, whom he named Enosh. At that time, people began to worship the Lord. That's a big event. <laughs> People began to worship the Lord. I want you to make note of uh, the use of the word Lord when you see it in all caps. Um, this is uh, what we call the Tetragrammaton. It is Yahweh, Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey, from the Hebrew alphabet, the four letters that stand for the name Shem, Hashem, the name that God called himself when he met his people at Sinai. And you can open your Bible to the introduction. You will actually find information about this tetragrammaton in the introduction of whatever Bible you have. If you have an actual print Bible, and I recommend that you do that. So you can learn to recognize it. When you see Lord in all caps, it means Yahweh. yod heh vav -Hey. All right. Chapter 5. From Adam to Noah. This is the record of the family line of Adam. When God created humankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female. When they were created, he blessed them and named them humankind. When Adam had lived 130 years old, he fathered in his own likeness, according to his image, and he named, he fathered a son in his own likeness, according to his image, and he named him Seth. The length of time Adam lived after he became the father of Seth was 800 years. During this time, he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Adam was 930 years, and then he died. 
When Seth had lived 105 years, he became the father of Enosh. Seth lived 807 years after he became the father of Enosh, and he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Seth was 912 years, and then he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he became the father of Kenan. Enosh lived 815 years after he became the father of Kenan, and he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Enosh was 905 years, and then he died. When Kenan had lived 70 years, he became the father of Mahaliel. Kenan lived 840 years after he became the father of Mahaliel, and he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Kenan was 910 years, then he died. When Mahaliel had lived 65 years, he became the father of Jared. Mahaliel lived 830 years after he became the father of Jared, and he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Mahaliel was 895 years, and then he died. When Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. Jared lived 800 years after he became the father of Enoch, and he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Jared was 962 years, and then he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God for 300 years. He had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Enoch was 65 years. Enoch walked with God, and then he disappeared because God took him away. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, he became the father of Lamech. Methuselah had lived Methuselah lived 782 years and he became the father of Lamech and he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Methuselah was 969 years and then he died. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he had a son. He named him Noah, saying, "This one will bring us comfort from our labor and from the painful toil of our hands because of the ground that the Lord has cursed." Lamech also Lamech lived 595 years after he became the father of Noah, and he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Lamech was 777 years, and then he died. After Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Some familiar names, right? This is getting exciting. You're like, hey, I've heard of Noah, <laughs> at least, right? Maybe Enoch, maybe Methuselah. Exciting. We're going to hear more about these guys. Let's go ahead and wrap up with chapter six. Uh, this might be a good time to pause and just jot down a couple quick questions and notes about these chapters so far. Let's go ahead and read chapter six. When humankind began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humankind were beautiful. Thus they took wives for themselves from any they choose. Uh, chose. So the Lord said, My spirit will not remain in humankind indefinitely since they are mortal. They will remain for 120 more years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also after this, when the sons of God would sleep with the daughters of humankind who gave birth to their children. They were the mighty heroes of old, the famous men. But the Lord saw that the wickedness of humankind had become great on earth. Every inclination of the thoughts of their mind was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made humankind on the earth, and he was highly offended. So the Lord said, I will wipe out humankind whom I have created from the earth, everything from humankind to animals, including creatures that move on the ground and birds of the air, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the sight of the Lord. This is the account of Noah. Noah was a godly man. He was blameless among his contemporaries. He walked with God. 
Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was ruined in the sight of God. The earth was filled with violence. God saw the earth, and indeed it was ruined, for all living creatures on the earth were sinful. So God said to Noah, I have decided that all living creatures must die, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Now I am about to destroy them and the earth. Make for yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it with pitch inside and out. This is how you should make it. The ark is to be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. Make a roof for the ark and finish it, leaving 18 inches from the top. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I am about to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under the sky all the living creatures that have the breath of life in them. Everything that is on the earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. You will enter the ark, you, your sons, your wife, your sons' wives with you. You must bring into the ark two of every kind of living creature from all flesh, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Of the birds after their kind, of the cattle after their kinds, and of every creeping thing of the ground after its kind, two of every kind will come to you so that you can keep them alive. And you must take for yourself every kind of food that is eaten and gather it together. It will be food for you and for them. And Noah did all that God commanded him. He did indeed. Okay. <laughs> all right. At this point, I hope you have some questions. I hope you have some thoughts. Uh, I hope you're curious. I hope you're interested in looking and digging in a little bit more. And I hope that I'll see you back here again for our next lesson, lesson one, day three. And I hope you leave a comment also. And I also hope that you will subscribe if you haven't already. Just hit that bell down there to get the notifications after you subscribe. If you're listening right now on the podcast, thank you for being here. Be sure to follow the podcast as well. Thank you above all for being part of the Dwelling Richly Bible Study. I love that we come together, even though it's you know online across the waves here and virtually. But I know that you're praying for me because I hear from you. So thank you for that. Feel free to drop a comment in here. Share this video. Invite others to join you in studying God's word together. And know, as always, that you are loved and prayed for. And I look forward to being back here again with you real soon. Bye-bye for now.